Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Good morning, good morning. Hey, my name is Drake. I'm the pastor here. Does anybody feel like they missed the first half of service and they're freaking out a little bit? Cool. So in, in about you know 20 minutes, everybody else will show up because that's when they normally show up, is after the first two songs. Today, we flipped the service a little bit. I promise it's intentional. Four songs at the end to create some space for reflection and response. But today, we are continuing our series, Teach Us to Pray. Um, And in case uh, uh, you're new here, just listen, no matter where you're walking in on your spiritual journey, you're loved, safe, and welcome here at City Church. We're so glad you're here. Our desire is to simply meet you where you are, help you take take some next steps on your spiritual journey. Our, Our mission here at City Church is to help people find their way to God from where they are. And we do that by practicing the way of Jesus together here in Boulder. And so we hope that this place feels like family to you, not the building, but the community. And we're really, really glad that you're here. Now, Um, I just got back from India seven days ago, and uh, so we've had some really cool stuff happening over the last few weeks. I'm really excited to share with you today. I've got a little bit of work to do this morning to catch you up on a few things, and then we'll get into the content of our message, and then we'll move into response with our worship team. Now, um, as we flip it, I know you're a little disoriented, so what I want to do is is I want to start with prayer. Kind of makes sense in the middle of a series called Teach Us to Pray. What'd you say? Is that cool? All right, so let's just take a moment, breathe in. Breathe out, maybe internally in your mind. Take a moment, say a breath prayer. God, I'm here. And God, you're here. Speak to me today. All right, so uh, today, heads up, if you're joining us online, uh, we're not going to have a TV. Normally, I'm teaching off of a TV right here on the stage as well. But because of some security reasons, I'm going to share some things from India today that I can share verbally, but I'm also going to share pictures that cannot be shared anywhere online. And so online, friends, love you. Use your imagination. It's going to work great. For those of you in the room, please don't take any pictures or videos of the things I'm going to share with you today for the safety of our friends in India. Now, before we get into all of that, I've got to celebrate some stuff, guys. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you some of our teams on the ground in Pakistan um, doing incredible mission work there. Um, there was some persecution that struck out against some local churches, and many Christians were lost their homes, lost churches. They lost everything, everything they owned. They were displaced. I mean, there's moms and babies sleeping on the ground, running for their lives in the middle of that persecution. And so we, we, we began to pray for them, and then invited our church to respond generosity to start sending relief, both food, water, immediate things like that, and then also to start to help them just rebuild their lives. And what's really awesome is I want to celebrate today, we say it often that you don't just give to a church, you give through a church. And over the last three or four weeks, I'm a little disoriented and still jet lagged, so I don't know what day it is anymore. But over the last three to four weeks, our church has given $6,000, a little over $6,000 in relief effort toward that. So let's just give, our, give God a hand, give our church a hand. That's amazing guys. It's amazing. And, and I challenge you up front, right? It was not, it's not my job to tell you to give. It's my, my privilege to invite you to ask God what he wants you to do. And what I'm really grateful for is, is you listened 
and then you did what he told you to do. And I think that's exactly what we're called to do, and I'm so, so grateful. So now our friends, in addition to the immediate relief of food and water and things like that as they were displaced, uh, I got a couple of pictures here for you. Sam sent us uh, these pictures of them. They're, they're buying these storage containers. So again, these families are displaced. They have nothing. They lost everything. And in addition to that, as they even get a blanket or a few things to have for their family, they have nowhere to keep them. And so these, they have uh, over 30 of these storage boxes that they purchased, loaded them up in trucks, and you can send it to the next picture here. And uh, it's awesome. Sam uh, um, put, some, put some little pictures together, and then on every, I actually didn't put a picture up here, but on all of the boxes, he took a City Church sticker and stuck it right in the middle of every box. I'm like, all the way in Pakistan, like, who cares about our logo? But it's, it's hilarious. I'm like, Sam, we don't need that. And he's like, hey, man, City Church is our church. I was like, all right, bro, like, that's totally fine. But it's really, really cool um, having just the privilege to provide just essential needs up front. And, and this is not it. The funds are still going to meet more and more needs, even outside of these storage lockers. So just a really cool way to serve some essential needs as people try to start to get their feet under the ground. So can we put our hands together for God and for Sam and the teams on the ground in Pakistan and all of that? Man, it is amazing, and it's a privilege to be a small part of heroes around the world. Now, I have a few quick announcements for you this morning. Maddie did a great job introing you on a few things, um, but really quick, our city group interest party is right after the church today. So, uh, the church, the church today. I've been in India, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's uh, how they talk. So, at least when they're trying to translate for me in English. So, after our gathering today, right after we're here and when we respond and all of that, uh, in our community room, we have a city group interest party. So if you're not in a city group currently, and these are, these are our, our communities throughout the week that meet in homes, study the scriptures together, obey together, pray together, live on mission together, build community together. It's, it's where all of life happens. We, call, we, we would say that circles are better than rows. We love to gather. We love what God does when we gather on the weekends. We talk about the weekends as, as the steering wheel for the ship, if you will, or the huddle before the game. By the way, see you one last night, 1 a.m., if anybody's excited. So that happened. Um, so this is the huddle. <laughs> Life is the game, right? And so in addition, city groups are where we gather in smaller groups of you know, 10, 12 16 people, whatever they end up being, and uh, we, we live life on life together, but also live on mission together in and for uh, the world around us. And so, if you're not in a city group, and you're interested in being in a city group, then I highly recommend that you stick around after the gathering, and all you're going to do, listen, you're not signing up for anything, you'll be invited to, but being in the room doesn't obligate you to anything. There's some sweet food and drinkages for you to enjoy. There's people for you to hang out with and connect with, build a little bit of community. We're going to have some, some things that we do together, a little bit of vision casting around what it is to be in community, and then an invitation to take a next step if you're interested. So we've got tons of new people coming to City Church over the summer, and with the busyness of schedules, it makes it really hard for people to commit. And so this is your opportunity to take a step closer in committing to community in those smaller groups, our city groups. So right after the service, you don't have to sign up, you just show up, hang out, and it'll start at 12 o'clock in our community room right down the hall. So, you guys good? Yeah. Got it? All right, bueno, that's right after the service. And then next up is Serve Sunday. Who's pumped? Who has no idea what Serve Sunday is about? All right, perfect. That, that's, those are good odds. I'll take that. Okay, here's where we are. Listen, Serve Sunday is a joy 
uh, we, we said from, from the beginning, uh, when, when God called us to plant City Church four years ago, he wasn't calling us to start a weekend gathering. He's, he's calling us to start a church, to plant a church, to reach a city. And a big part of that was being in and for the city, to serve the city. And we do that in a lot of ways, but one of the corporate expressions that we, we, we have the privilege of doing annually is our Serve Sunday. And this is just an intentional posture to take our weekend gathering like this, say, hey, we're not going to gather formally and hear a message and sing, but we're going to gather at the same time slot, actually a little earlier, unless you're on a serving team. So we'll be here at nine o'clock next Sunday, and then we're going to pray and go out and serve our city. So currently, we're serving a couple local elementary schools, and we're serving some individual families. We're serving our first responders. We're serving uh, uh, faculty and staff at a couple of the other schools. And so we have a lot of different serve projects, everything from pulling weeds and outdoor stuff to uh, um, uh, building bags here. So listen, no matter what your physical ability is, or if you've got kids or whatever, there's a place for you to serve and make a difference. And I would say one of our values is radical generosity. And we have the privilege of serving others because Jesus served us. And that's why we go out into our community and we want to demonstrate the love of God, not just with our words, but with our actions. Not absent of our words, but including our actions. And it's, and it's individual and corporate. You guys tracking with me? And so it's a really, really huge opportunity, but we want you to be involved. And so if you have not signed up for Serve Sunday, go onto our website sign up for Serve Sunday, and then show up with a smile on your face, and we'll have some coffee for you, okay? And a t-shirt if you don't have one. So um, we have currently 33 people signed up, which is not a great reflection of where our church is right now, 120, 150 people that call City Church home on a given month. 33 people have signed up so far. That's not good, and heads up, for the, the ability to have more serve projects, we, we need to know how many people are going to be there. Um, in fact, there, there will be projects that happen depending on the number of people we have or don't have. Um, so there's some families, for example, that are elderly that just need help around their house. We will help them. And there's more that we can do with more people. So if you're in town and if you've got friends, also this is an incredible day to invite your friends that want nothing to do with your church, don't want to come to your city group, they don't really even care about your Jesus, that's totally fine. But guess what? We live in Boulder. Everyone loves a little bit of altruism. And so you just invite them. Hey, we're going to go serve the city and make a difference. And then they can come along. And then afterward, we get back together We'll party and have lunch together at the end of that, uh, that afternoon. So it's, it's a shorter time slot, two hours of serving, come back together for lunch. You guys tracking with me? You guys pumped about it? Who has not signed up for Surf Sunday? Raise your hands. <laughs> Is that awkward? <laughs> You're welcome. It's okay. It's okay. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm a guest. I just got here today. That's so weird. Listen, hey, even if I'm not going to be offended, this is the one time that you can pull out your phone right now click on the link on our website and sign up and I won't feel like you're cheating on me, okay? So, uh, would love for you to take some time, sign up, please, 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 so that we know how many people we have so we can plan appropriately for the serve projects that we have in the city. You guys good? You guys ready to hear about India? I have so much I want to share and so much I cannot share because I don't have time. So, I'm gonna give you a little bit today. So here we go. Remember a few weeks ago, um, I shared, we, we ended our Philippians series through the summer and I shared about movements around the world, specifically moves of God around the world. Do you guys remember that? If you were here, at the end of that, okay, he's like three people, perfect, so good, so good. Um, so, so a movement is where they're seeing roughly 70, 80,000 people begin to follow Jesus in a three to four year period with churches being planted to the third and fourth generation. So it's like City Church was started and we plant four more churches in Boulder and there's 80,000 people that start following Jesus in sequence over four years. 
Okay, it's, it's, like, it's numbers that are so big that you can't even wrap your mind around. You tracking with me? Like you say them and you're like, cool, those are just numbers. It's like when you start talking about how, like house prices in Boulder, you're like, mm, you know, cool, those are just numbers. They're just imaginary. They don't even exist and no one can afford them. So same thing. Like, and one of my coaches had been in the same place we were here in India last year. And he told me all of these stories. And there's, a move, there's moves of God happening all over the world. But there was this one in particular that he got to be a part of. He's like, man, you've got to come see it for yourself. And he told me the stories, and I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. And also, there's just a part of me that's, like, distant from it. And then I get on the ground. And guys, I, I can't describe for you appropriately today in words what seeing a move of God firsthand, like with your own eyeballs, is like but I'm gonna try, okay? Because it was unbelievable. Now here's what you need to know. This move has been going uh, for now 10 years. This move of God has been 10 years and counting and they don't plan on stopping. And in the last 10 years, just get ready, try to process these numbers with me, okay? In the last 10 years, this is just in Northern India where there's less than 1% followers of Jesus. They've seen over one million people come to faith in Jesus and begin following him. Can you, can you fathom? Like, because I can't. It's, it's so hard to wrap your mind around until you're on the ground. They've seen 80,000 churches planted over the last 10 years. And they're praying by 2023 that they're going to plant 242,000 churches. They have a, they have a 10-year vision by, by 2033 to plant 242,000 churches, a church in every village in northern India. And guys, I think it's gonna happen. And it's not because like, the people on the ground are magnificent. I mean, they're magnificent in the sense that God loves them, but, but there's not a lot of shiny going on. There's not a lot of impressive things to look at when it comes to how we do things in America. But that's what's happening. Let, let me show you a picture from the, our second day in India. You guys have that one? Yeah, all right, so this is a line of 384 people. Do you know what they're doing? They're standing in line getting ready to be baptized. All of these people had just given their lives to Jesus like, for, for like the week before we didn't do any of this so we were just there, okay? So this has nothing to do with Drake or our team. We're just there hanging out and they're like, hey, you guys wanna baptize some people? We're like, yeah, that sounds cool. And they're like, oh, hey, here's 384 of them. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's like a normal Sunday here at City Church. So that's cool. Let's go. And, and so they line up, guys, and, and it is wild for like an hour. We're just baptizing people. Psh, 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 and water's going everywhere. And there's a lot of people in that water. And I'm like, this is sanitary. And it's awesome. And I'm in India. And some of it splashed in my mouth. And I'm like, please, God, no. And, you know, and, and, and it's amazing. I mean, there's like four dudes in this tank, and they're just rolling them through. It's like, it's like a baptism car wash. It's unbelievable. And they were like, hey, this is a low day. <laughs> so, so just heads up. Like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's totally cool. So this is just one area on one day of our trip, and this is happening 
all the time. And this is not emotional, get everybody hyped up and get them through the water. This is people's lives have been radically changed by Jesus, mostly through the miraculous, which I'm gonna share with you in a minute. And then they have been taught what it means to follow Jesus. They've gone through seven commands in the New Testament from Jesus, so they know exactly what they're doing, one of them being baptism. So they're taking this step volitionally after some time understanding what it means. So this is not just kind of, yeah, let's see how many people we can roll through the waters. These are people serious about how amazing God is and what Jesus has done. Are you guys tracking with me? Are, are, are you blown away yet? Or are you just, is it overwhelming and you're like, ah, <laughs> how do you feel? Okay, because I got more. All right, hold on. We're not done. So what's amazing is the people leading this movement, okay, 384, that's a low day, whatever. People leading this movement, they're just normal people, and I don't want you to miss this. They are way normal. In fact, well over half of them are illiterate they're teaching about Jesus, they're seeing healings, they're seeing lives change, and, and, and when people come to faith, they teach them through stories, through the scriptures, because they can't read. And even the people teaching can't read. <laughs> and so they learn a story, and then they tell a story about Jesus to these people, and they learn theology through songs. It is incredible what's happening with very, very normal people. But here's what's different, is that they believe that Jesus is who he said he is, and he can do what he said, he would do. Now, I know, I know if you're a follower of Jesus in the room, we, we believe that too, right? And, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm there. But I'm letting you know they believe differently than us. And, and I'm the first to admit, and maybe not you, maybe you're a rock star and, you, and you're, way to go you, that's awesome. But I get on the ground and I'm immediately humbled because they really believe it. And I think I'm like, I, I sometimes believe it and I try to believe it and I believe it, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They're all in. They are all in, specifically in the arena of God answering prayer. Like Jesus is, like God, like they're just totally convinced. God Almighty who works on our behalf, he listens to your prayers, he loves you, he created you, forgive you of sin, make you new, give you power to live a new life and go use you in the world and make a difference. That's what they believe and they immediately live like it. You're like, how is that possible? Listen, can I show you how they pray? Can, can I just show you? I, I mean, it's so massively inspiring and humbling. So watch this video real fast. Guys, it's, it's 98 degrees in that room, 97% humidity, we're dying. There's fans and sweat, and they are praying to God with more passion than I can, I can even explain, even than a video can capture. And I stood in rooms like that for seven straight days. Rooms with 50 people, rooms with 150 people, rooms with 300 people, rooms with 40 people. It didn't matter the size. It didn't matter who was there. There were no impressive personalities there. All that they cared about was that God listened to their prayers, and they were confident in it, and they prayed like it. And I was like, holy crap. My prayers suck. It's, it's amazing. And, and then, listen, listen. All right, so look at this picture. This is a, a house church that I visited, and it's 
House church is relative, okay? Like in, in America, when you, sometimes when people hear the word house church, what that really means is people disgruntled with organized religion, and so they leave a larger church to go start a little church in their house where they don't have to have anybody tell them what to do, okay? That's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about just whatever it takes, small groups of people, anywhere from 20 to 150. It didn't matter in every village, and this is one of them. There's uh, a couple of people had already left because I was late to the game on taking a picture, but there was like 40 or, or 50 people. This room is like smaller than our office over here, and we're all crammed in there. It doesn't even have a wall on this side. It's not even a house. It's got a roof and some fans that are dangerously wobbly, and I'm like, man, somebody's getting decapitated in here. Like, it is like that, right? And, and it is incredible. All of these people, listen, guys, I'm in the room, and all we do is we sit down. I got my journal open, and every single one of these ladies stand Hands up and tells, tell, tells us how they came to faith in Jesus and then what he's done since then. And every single one of their stories is related to something miraculous that happened. Jesus healed my body. I was demon-possessed and they cast it out and I gave my life to Jesus and he set me free. Jesus healed my son who was dying. Jesus healed my, my daughter of cancer. Over and over and over and over again. We're talking miraculous. Someone came into a village, normal people that were just like these people, shared about Jesus, heard about problems, began to pray for people and Jesus acted on behalf of their prayers and did the miraculous. And, and right, one story, cool. Two stories, so I, I heard 200 of them. And, and if you ever, I don't know if you've read through the book of Acts, but when you read through the book of Acts, and every time, right, it's like, and the miraculous happened, and the miraculous happened. And I think we're just like so numb to it in America, because it's like not, we don't see it a lot. And, and it all, it's always like, and everyone was amazed. And everyone was amazed, right? You ever notice that? You go read it, it everyone was amazed. You know what I was every stinking time I went in a room? I was amazed. I'm like, what? this is amazing, God. Are you kidding me? You're doing this? You, I, I know you can do this, but you do it? So I think it, on, on, in the States, we have a lot of excuses why we don't need God in the first place, but distraction and all kinds of other things feed into it. We, we would say, at least here at City Church, I, I think our posture, not intentionally, but, but just I think this is how real life works, is, yeah, man, we believe God is who he said he, he, he is. He can do what he says he wants, he, he can do. Like, like, let's ask him. And we would, we would say that God acts in the miraculous and he can and he wants to. But I think, I don't know if we'd say it out loud, but I'll say it for me and then you can decide where you land. We, we would normally say, this is how I would feel prior to this moment, is that's, God answers those prayers as, as the exception to the rule. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah, God can and he does and every time you hear a miracle story, like that's amazing, but that's the exception, not the rule. You guys tracking with me? It is the exact opposite with these people. They're surprised when God doesn't answer a prayer. It's the rule. I'd, I'd ask uh, uh, the, the leader, I can't say his name online, but I would ask uh, Ask him, I was like, hey, hey, so, so you're, you're saying that this happened and God healed this person and, and, and she had stomach cancer and she had three weeks to live and then she was completely healed? Uh, and, and he would say, of course. <laughs> over and over again. Every time I asked, like, a, I was a, a blown away question, he'd be like, of course. I'm like, I don't like that answer. But I kind of like that answer, right? I'm like, man. And, and like his posture is like, of course. Like, 
Yes, what do you expect Jesus to do? This is who he said he was. This is who he said, like what he said he would do. Why do you expect any different? And I'm like, because ah, I suck. I don't know. This is amazing. All right, let me show you a couple more pictures. All right, check this out. This is um, this lady right here. Pardon my crappy pictures, okay? Um, my wife would hate me. She's a photographer in our family. I suck at pictures. I'm lucky if I got any. So here we are, okay? So just bear with crappy pictures. I don't know these names. Uh, I, I didn't get to write them down. But this lady right here, um, this is a room full of church planters, okay? Okay? So this lady right here, uh, uh, she had stomach cancer. They, the doctor gave her three months to live. They came into her village. They prayed over her. She was completely healed. And then her and her, her husband came to faith, and they have together planted 22 churches. And you need to know, when we talk 22 churches, it could be anything from 20 to 100, whatever, but it represents different villages. It's 22 different villages around where she's at. They've planted together 22 churches. The, the map that she's holding up is the gin map. Okay, so, so check it out. The, the top one there, that's the first one they started, but look at all the other ones that have multiplied. That's not even directly connected to her. She walked into a village, prayed over someone, they were healed, they gave their lives to Jesus, and they're like, dude, I gotta tell people about Jesus. And then they started a church, 22 churches. It's amazing, and by the way, she's the leader. He's, pri he's primarily her Uber driver, okay? So you need to know that. Number two, look at this next picture. This lady right here, crazy, she was demonic possessed her entire life. They came into the village, prayed for her, cast out the demon. Her entire family gave their lives to Jesus, and then she, by herself, has planted 11 churches. Ele you guys tracking with me? This normal lady who was saved and set free by Jesus is now telling others about Jesus and being used by God in incredible ways. Check out this next lady. And by the way, I got 150,000 of these stories, okay? So, so I don't have time for them all, but look at this right here. This lady had a tumor in her stomach. Doctor gave her three to six months to live. They had tried everything. They were Hindu, praying to all the gods, doing all the doctor stuff, you name it. They're doing everything they can to find healing, and it's not working. So followers of Jesus come into her village. They pray for her. She begins to feel better, but over the course of three months is completely healed, the tumor's gone, the doctors don't know what happened. And as a result, since then, between her and her husband, they have planted 53 churches with over 5,000 people trusting in Jesus and being baptized. Those two people alone. You say, how is that possible? Because they believe God is the God who is living and active and hears our prayers and partners with us to bring heaven to earth. And they believe it primarily because they've experienced it. And they just go take it wherever they go and it's, it's hard to argue with experience, isn't it? And this is story after story after story. There was one dude, he's blind. He's planted nine churches. I'm like, Pfft. all right, man, no more excuses. <laughs> You went to nine villages blind and planted churches. You, you win. You win. So, so I share, those probably, they're probably so big and so crazy that you're like, ah. When I was in your shoes and, 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 and um, my coach is, is telling me these stories, I'm like, wow, that's cool. And that's, I don't know, maybe I'm a little awestruck, but it just doesn't, it doesn't feel, it never got here from me. 
So here we are in, this, in the middle of this prayer series, and the reason I share all of that is because as we talk about prayer, as we talk about God, listen, I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey. This might be weird to you. This might be crazy. Listen, there's some crazy stuff that happened while I was there. You remember that picture I showed you of the baptisms? There was a lady standing right in the front, like the very first person in line. The leader is praying over everybody before they get baptized. And this lady falls to her knees, grabs his shirt. At first I'm like, oh wow, she's like overwhelmed with emotion. And all of a sudden like weird stuff starts happening. And she like tries to wrestle him to the ground, starts to try to tear his shirt. Teams get around her and they kind of help her over here. And she's like, starts to wail and like make crazy noises and fall on the ground. And I'm over here in like the baptism. I'm like, what's happening over there? Just holy water? Like do we, you know, I don't know how this works. And this lady is demon-possessed, someone brought her, so she hasn't made a, 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 like she hasn't, you know, been a part of any of the other stuff, and she ended up, a, a friend of her stuck her at the front of the line. She's demon-possessed, she starts going crazy. And a team just surrounds her and starts praying for her. And then everybody else just starts getting baptized. And they just act like it's normal, like, oh yeah, cool. And I'm watching, and that's happening over here, and all these people get baptized, everybody's hoopla. And this lady is demon-possessed, rolling on the ground, and I've never seen that in my entire life, okay? And then another lady gets in the water, and the same thing, as soon as she gets in, she starts swinging. And she's angry, and so, like it's, something's not right. And they pull her out, same thing. And she, she's, both of these ladies were demon-possessed, and they pull them aside, they just start praying for them. And the whole team, they're confident, and they're just praying over them like it's normal. And I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. You know what's crazy? They pray for them for like 20 minutes, and we're baptizing, and they got them over here. Got to hold that lady's arms down because she's trying to hurt people. They cast the demons out of both of those ladies, and they get back in line, and they got baptized that day. Is that not amazing? I, is it scary? Is it, like, freaking you out a little bit? Because it freaked me out, okay? And I'm telling you, I remember the house church, that I, the picture there? I watched a video of the pastor of that house church. He's like, yeah, the, one of the first ladies we met here was this lady. He pulls up a video, and there's this lady, demon-possessed, rolling on the floor, making noises you wouldn't believe. Straight out of a horror movie. And he's like, yeah, we pray. they prayed for her for like 20 minutes. He's like, yeah, she's here today. I'm like, what? I walk in the room. She's standing right there. She stands up and tells her own story of how Jesus saved her life, cast the demon out, and she's whole and new, and she's planting churches. It is crazy, crazy. And I'm like, God, what in the world is happening? Is it, so, so we have this God who is both powerful and, and personal, and, and is it possible that through a conversation w- w- with, with a single person that God would act in the miraculous on, the, on behalf of our request? You guys tracking with me? Does this sound a little bit absurd to you? Does this stretch you just a little bit? Because if I wasn't on the ground, it, 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 it fits in my theological box, fine, because I can read the scriptures and line it all up and cool, that, that's fine. But with experience, it makes me massively uncomfortable until you're there and you witness the power of God in person and you witness the presence of God in a way that you've never, ever imagined in your life. Holy cow. God, you're so much bigger than I give you credit for. You're so much better than I give you credit for. You can do so much more than I ever ask you for. So maybe for you, you hear these stories, and you're like, this is totally bewildering, and I'm never coming back. That's cool. I understand. Some of you, you massively encourage. You're like, wow, if God can, God can answer those prayers, then maybe he can answer some prayers in my life because I've got some really big mountains that aren't moving. And then some of you are simultaneously celebrating and frustrated on the inside because you're like, that's amazing that God would heal those people, but then why doesn't he heal others? 
Because what I didn't tell you is in that same room with all these lives changed in that little house church that I was in, there's a little boy with bone cancer uh, of one of the moms that was saved and set free and he's still not healed and we're praying for him and every week he has to get a blood transfusion. And so I have pictures of us laying hands on him and praying for him. And they have this amazing thing. You know, uh, uh, as they pray, miracles didn't always happen instantaneously. There's tons of stories of, of progressive healing over a month, two months, three months. And I think sometimes that doesn't fit into our categories of how we think God should respond. But then on the other side, we're like, wow, way to go, God, for answering prayers. And then also, but why wait? If you can answer it in a moment, then why not answer? Like, like why wait three months? Why answer this prayer and not that prayer? And that's where we get stuck. I think the challenge of this invitation to pray, and I believe it's an invitation, not an obligation, is that we have all of these tensions inside of us, and so we, we end up praying safe prayers or no prayers at all so that we're never surprised and we're never disappointed. I, I posed this question a few weeks ago, and I'll give it to you again. If God said yes, to every prayer you prayed over the last seven days, what would be different? If I ask that same question to our friends in India, I can promise you things would be massively different. If you're like me, and the struggles and the distractions and maybe even the paralyzing spaces we find ourselves in between hope and faith and and. I don't know what to do with this. There might not be much different in the world around us over the last seven days. Not because of a lack of desire, not because of a lack of compassion, not because you're bad people and I'm bad people, not, not because of any of that. Because of this middle ground of busy, distracted, paralyzed. So let's go back to the words of Jesus, Matthew 6. Here we are, Jesus teaching us to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus responds to a request from his followers, his apprentices, who are being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and, and ultimately gonna be people that do what Jesus did, which is what we're seeing in India. And in this moment, this is the only time they ever asked Jesus to teach them something specifically. Teach us to pray. Not because they didn't pray. They were Jewish. They prayed a lot. But Jesus prayed differently. And they wanted to understand and so then Jesus, we, we, we've done some work, so you can go back over in our podcast, YouTube channel, and get the first parts of this prayer. But right here in the middle, between a focus on God and his will and his agenda and his character and his nature, our Father, this incredible, relational, close, all-powerful God, this prayer hinges on the phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus transitions to the request that we make for ourselves. So this is transitional phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. So here we are, right? Pr prayer for personal formation, yeah. Like we dig that. 
Prayer for some zen and silence and solitude in the morning before you get into the crazy work day. Yeah, we dig that. Prayer request for, you know, a stressful, anxiety-ridden day that, you know, we don't even really know how those prayers are answered. Yeah, soft prayers, easy prayers, yeah. But prayers that actually make a difference, I don't know. I don't know that we buy it. And, and listen, this is not Knox. This is, I mean, this has been a humbling week for me because when I look at myself, I'm like, man, if I really believed, like, wholly, not that I don't believe it a little bit, but if I really believed that God was who he said he was and he could do what he said he would do, that he wants to answer my prayers, we'd pray differently. I'd pray differently. I'm trying to pray differently. But it's still a practice. It's still learned. And I think that's where we can't be intimidated. Karl Barth said it this way. He said, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising. You believe that? What if there was a day, I just had this thought last night, where the, incite, where, where the excitement in Boulder around Jesus made the excitement around the Rocky Mountain showdown just pale in comparison? Because that's what's happening in India. Folsom Field holds, holds nothing to what's happening in India. So why couldn't it happen here? Intercession or praying for others, that's what Jesus is teaching us here. It literally means just to come between. So if you're a follower of Jesus, a son or daughter of God, you have the privilege, you have the right to go to God, almighty God, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. You guys remember that? That perfectly rhyming, amazing prayer that you use every day? It's a joke, it doesn't rhyme. You guys, you can laugh a little bit. I know, I know you're just like struck with all of this, but hang with me. God is great, God is good. That God that we get to pray to, to come between on behalf of others, we get to go to that God. And, and the motive matters, right? When we pray for others, it's out of love for the other that moves us to invite God's activity over someone's life. That's what prayer is for others. But here's the deal, listen, you and I, especially as Americans, we've got to get a vision of stadiums and platforms and communicators and lights and budgets and buildings out of our head and realize that Jesus is sharing his authority with normal people like you and me. And he doesn't need a stage and he doesn't need eloquence. He says, it's not by your words, but by the power of my spirit. And I'm telling you, it's as real as it possibly gets in India right now. And it can be real for us too. Matthew 28, Jesus' words. Just, just, just right before Jesus, after his resurrection, this is before he invites all of his followers to go and make disciples. Actually, I should change that. He doesn't invite you. He commands every single follower of Jesus to go and make disciples. This is a non-negotiable commission for every follower of Jesus on the planet to go and make disciples. So you know what every follower of Jesus is doing immediately when they, when they begin to follow Jesus? They're taught the seven commands of Jesus, and they take it very seriously. And so they immediately begin to go and make other apprentices, followers of Jesus, unapologetically because the love of God is so real, tangible, that they can't wait to share it. But listen to how Jesus tees up that command, because it's not like, you better go do this. It's an incredible extension and invitation of authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. You catch that? Remember the prayer? On earth as it is in heaven. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. 
And in, that, in the very next sentence, he hands that authority to his followers. Go do what I did. Jesus' words in John 14, you will do greater works than you've seen me do. John Wimber says prayer is meeting the needs of others on the basis of God's resources. On earth as it is in heaven, when Jesus is teaching us to pray that, what, what, what the invitation is, is to, is to stride into heaven's storehouses, grab a bunch of resources, everything you can hold, walk, about, walk back out and just like start sharing it with the world. And over and over again, it's heaven to earth. And that's what you have the privilege of doing through prayer. You have the authority to walk into the storehouses of heaven according to the will and love of God and share it with the world through prayer. Listen to Foster here. If we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Listen to this next quote by Tyler Staten, which is uh, the book we recommended, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools, what the series is built off of. He says that we dream of God bringing heaven to earth and God dreams of praying people to share heaven with. This is what we're after as a church. The series started with a vision that we wouldn't just be people who are better at prayer, but we would become people of prayer. And we do not become anything without practice. And so listen, we started the series, I just got to remind you, prayer is more practice than theory. We can talk about it all day long, but until we do it, we don't learn it. One theologian said, you learn to pray by praying. So what could happen? We start to learn and grow and flex these muscles. I think it's worth finding out so the invitation, teach us to pray, is, is not something that we do intellectually only, but we begin to live out with our lives. We say this often because we're very serious about spiritual formation here at City Church, but if you want the life of Jesus, we must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. You guys tracking with me? Practice is hard, which is why we need community, which is why we need large gatherings and, and city groups. Because practice on our own is really, really difficult, just like it's hard to go to the gym on your own until you hit a routine. And so I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey. I don't know where you find yourself. I'm not asking you to jump from zero to 100 in your prayer life. The invitation at the beginning of the series was lean into extraordinary prayer. So whatever ordinary prayer looks like to you today, anything extra is extraordinary. You guys tracking with me? That's where we are. So. I wanna share a vision with you. Daniel's gonna play for a moment. I want you to just lean in with your imagination. So one of the ways that, that I feel God is leading us to become people of prayer here at City Church is at the end of this series, we're going to create what's called a 24-7 prayer room. And it's okay if you don't know what that means, but very simply what it's going to be is that at the end of the series, details will come later. But for one solid week, as a church, I'm inviting you to commit to pray nonstop for seven days. That's 168 straight hours of prayer. You're gonna need a lot of Red Bulls. It's a joke, it's not how it works. You sign up for one hour time slot in a, in a, in a given week. 
And together, collectively, we will pray as a church for 168 hours straight. You're like, that sounds stupid. (laughs) Why would I do that? So before you freak out, and before you just immediately uncheck that box, let me take you there, okay, in your imagination. So if you imagine well with your eyes closed, cool. If you're going to fall asleep because you stayed up watching CU till 1 a.m., keep your eyes open, right? Whatever you got to do to engage with what I'm about to do, and then we're going to move into response and song. Stay with me. Imagine. It's a Thursday at 9 p.m. It's been a long day. Everything that, has possi- that could possibly have gone wrong has gone wrong. Not only Thursday, but the week prior. You want to roll home from work, grab a, a wine glass, do an accidental heavy-handed pour, you know, and then open your takeout from your favorite Thai place and then binge an episode or three of your, of your favorite show just to kind of mind numb away. But instead... You find yourself heading to the city church building because of a time slot that you signed up for due to a moment of inspiration you experienced from your favorite pastor at a recent Sunday gathering. And you roll into the parking lot and there's one other car there and it's dark minus the glow from a few parking lot lights. You head to the front door, open your email to find the code for that lockbox, Roll some tumblers, pull the key out, open the front door, awkwardly hold the door open with one foot, put the key back in, roll the tumblers, not because it's important for the story, but it's important for the process. You walk into the lobby that's normally full of life and buzzing with people and carrying the familiar smell of of hotel essence with coffee and the best cookies you've ever had on the planet, but instead you find a dimly lit, empty and quiet room lacking cookies, which you internally grumble about, especially since Thai and wine are also out the window. And then you move on. You, you pass the person leaving who had wisely signed up for the earlier time before you. And you say hello to them while, all, while just in a moment, in a glance, you also notice in their eyes a dampness from the tears that they had been crying the hour prior. Yet those tears are the familiar tears of joy and there's a glow on their face connected to whatever they have just experienced. And so you walk past them to the side door where you find a sign that invites you to remove your shoes to help posture your heart for an encounter on holy ground. And internally you think there's nothing holy about orange carpet made in the 70s, but you do it anyway. And you open the door to a prayer room that's full of the sound of instrumental music that greets you and there's candles filling the room and you look more closely and they're all electric for fire hazard reasons, but they set the mood quite well anyway. And the walls are covered in paper and they've been graffitied by the people that have gone before you all week with prayers and verses and pictures drawn and names of people and relatives and friends and coworkers fall from God and you see people writing humble, raw, passionate requests all made to God all over the walls as you enter. And in one corner you notice a small table with a cup of wine and some crackers and you notice a familiar gluten-free and regular sign and wine and grape juice sign, and you, and you see crumbs scattered all over the floor of all the people that have gone before you that day. 
that have had the privilege of being reminded of the forgiveness that they have in Jesus. And then in another corner, you see pads on the floor with indentions from people's knees where over the last week, people have knelt and prayed in that very same spot. And you pick up a packet that walks you step by step through different stations on how to spend an hour with God, silence and then confession and releasing burdens and then full-blown intercession like we talked about today. And, and the packet meets you where you are. You're not intimidated by the process. And then you start to pray. And then all of a sudden you hear a chime go off on your phone. An hour already. And you stand up and you think to yourself, you can't recall a moment that you ever spent an hour praying to God on a Thursday evening, or maybe ever. And you walk out with the same wet eyes that you saw on the person before you, and you greet the person as they walk in that you had just finished praying for, confident that the work that you just did with God over the last hour will change a lot of things in a lot of ways. That. 168 times. That's what a 24-7 prayer room will look like. And I believe that in that one week, in that one room, it will change the course of our stories individually. It'll change the course of the story of this church. It'll change the course of the story of this city in the West, and the world. So the invitation is simple today. Do you want to know if it's real? Then when the invitation comes, let's do it together. Sign up, show up, and let's see what happens. In the meantime, here's the last question for you today. If God said yes, to every prayer that you prayed over the next seven days. What could happen? You don't have to wait for a 24-7 prayer room to begin to talk to the God who is near and who is great and who bends his ear towards you to move heaven to earth if you and I would just ask. So, where are we on this prayer journey together? I've got a couple of next steps for you. Um, as as uh, I do this, this reflection and response time with you, I've got uh, two friends in the room. They're going to pass, pass out a resource for you if you guys will do that. Gala and uh, somebody else. I can't remember who else I asked. There you are. Thank you. Rob. Um, so this resource is going to go around. They're just going to pass it out to all of you, okay? Um, and, and this resource is just to empower you to get along with God, okay? And so the first thing for you today is to get along with Jesus daily. This week, this next seven days, to empower you in prayer, to get along with Jesus daily, take this card as a tool for you, and try the soaps tool for one week. If you already have a rhythm, you spend time with Jesus daily in the scriptures, beautiful, keep doing that. But if you struggle with the rhythm, if you struggle with practice, if you struggle with consistency, this tool is for you. In addition, there's a, a little acronym on there called CHAT, which is just a helpful way to help you chat with God. Okay, so it's cheesy, but it's there for you, okay? But this SOAPS tool, it's an acronym, and it's literally just to help you open the scriptures and listen to God. If you ever read the Bible and you're like, I don't get anything out of it, this is a tool to help you. 
There's journals in the seat backs in front of you. Those are gifts to you. There's Bibles in the seat backs in front of you. Those are gifts to you. And every day when I spend time in the scriptures with God, I use the SOAPS tool. It stands for scripture, observation, application, prayer, and then share. So I write a scripture that I read. I write an observation about it. I write an application, what I'm gonna do with it. I write a prayer, and then I ask God who he wants me to share what he taught me about today with. And so that is a tool to help you get alone with God and just start the day by talking and listening to him. Number two is write 10 heaven-to-earth prayers on the back of the card I just gave you this week. And listen, the reason I'm giving it to you right now is because in the next few minutes when we sing these next four songs, you might even ask God right now, God, what, what are those things, those heaven-to-earth within your will? Like, that would be crazy if God answered them. It would be undeniable if God answered them type of prayers. Put them down on the card. Our, our staff team, we call them elephant prayers from a book that we read. They're just impossible prayers. I've got a list of like, they just keeps growing. And I see God answer those prayers. So just try for five, 10, whatever you can get on the back of that card and then pray for them this week. Maybe it's healing over somebody. Maybe it's a circumstance in your life that is impossible. Maybe it's a job that you need or a housing situation or a friend far from God. Whatever it is, put it on that card. And then every day when you do that soaps, flip that card over and at the end you pray for those things. And let's just see what God might do when we pray. Listen, specifically, for something, where the answer has to be clear. If God answers it, there's no doubt that he answered you guys tracking. That's the invitation this week. And the last thing is let's start with adoration. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're great, we're, you're good. We believe it and you're, you're not only great and good, but you, but you love us and so then that gives us permission to pray accordingly. And so adoration, we can start, we can get our hearts there with song. You thought prayer was impressive in India? You should see them sing. It's the most off-key, beautiful thing I've ever listened to. Tambourine, maybe. <laughs> People who can't clap worth a dang, so don't feel bad if you can't clap. I mean, it is all over the place, and they're singing loud and confidently because the songs they're singing represent the truth they believe. So I'm gonna pray for us. And then the band is going to lead us in a time of response. You have a couple of different ways you can respond. Take that car, write things on the back of it. God, I'm asking you for these things. Lift your hands in worship, clap and sing. Go to the back and go to our prayer team and, and receive prayer. Ask someone to pray for you, maybe over one of those giant things on your card right now today. Whatever it is, you have time to reflect and respond. Let me pray for you. Bow your heads with me. God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for meeting us in this place. Thank you for, man, the incredible things that you're doing around the world. And thank you for allowing us to humbly learn from our brothers and sisters around the world. Holy Spirit, would you meet us in this time of response and just accomplish in our hearts what it is that you want us to, to know and to do? Would we not just know more about you, but would we adopt a lifestyle connected to following you? And would it bring about change in our lives? For my friends in the room who are not followers of Jesus, Father, I pray for them, that they would know that they're loved, that you died for them, that you rose again to save them and set them free. And by trusting in you, 
There's new life today and forever. Amen.